All right. Well, good morning. Oh, that was almost okay. Good morning. Well, we're looking forward to what the Lord has for us here today at River City. And the Lord has really blessed us. Look at the crowd. We are filled up. And I'm excited for what the Lord is doing here and is going to do today. And I know what you're thinking. Where is Pastor? Well, uh, Pastor called this morning and he was uh, feeling quite under the weather. And so if you would do your, uh, your due diligence to uh, mention that you're going to pray for him, if you would do that, uh, he would uh, much appreciate that. I know Pastor's heart. He wishes he could be here and be with you this morning, uh, but that just can't be the case today. So uh, I'm going to step in and we'll, we'll learn God's word together, which I'm excited to do with you. All right. Well, uh, grab your Bibles. We're going to open up to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. We're going to jump right in today. I know a lot of good things are happening here at the church. I see a lot of things at the, on the facilities that are happening, a lot of things in individuals. Our connection groups are growing. They are a tremendous aspect of our church and who we are. A great chance for you to connect with other people uh, on a more personal level. And so if you're not in one of those, I encourage you to jump into one of those. Uh, people are joining. Last week was a fantastic Sunday. Twelve people joined the church and uh, the Lord is just doing a mighty work here. So let me just give you a slight bit of encouragement. God is doing something. Jump in. Come be a part. If you're kind of on the sidelines, let me just encourage you today. Jump in. Come be a part of River City in every way possible, every way to connect. Come be a part, and you will be amazed at what the Lord can do through you and through this church. All right, well, Luke chapter 5, hope that you're there. Pastor is in a series right now of uh, messages that are some of his favorite that he has preached over the last seven years, and he's entitled it The Vault. The Vault. And so we're going to step just outside of that series right now. Wouldn't that be kind of strange for me to come up and preach one of Pastor's favorite messages? Yeah, so I'll, just, I'll let him preach, uh, preach those. So we're going to step into Luke chapter 5 today. Hopefully you're there. We'll read a couple of verses. Um, verse number 1, we'll read down through verse number 11. Follow along as I read out loud. The Bible says, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him, to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking, so they signaled to their partners in their other boat to come and help them. And when they had filled both boats so that they began to sink, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish with which they had. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Today I want to speak to you on a message called a growing faith, a growing faith. 
Let's bow and ask God to bless his word as we look into it today. Lord, we are so thankful that, number one, we have your word. We have your word that we can learn eternal life from. Learn how to live this life. Lord, you can grow and strengthen us. And today, Lord, as we gather together, I pray that you would once again open your word to our hearts. Lord, let us receive it. Lord, this message today, I pray that you would impress on our hearts that we need a growing faith. I pray that you would use me today, Lord, as we open up your word. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. A man was caught in a flood. He was caught in a flood, and so he got on top of his roof and was praying to the Lord, trusting him that God would save him. Well, as he's on his roof, along comes a boat, and they say, hey, hop in, get out of the flood, we'll rescue you. He says, no, no, I'm okay. I'm trusting the Lord. Okay? So the boat goes on, and a little bit later, a helicopter comes by and says, hey, we can let down a rope and we can rescue you. He goes, no, I'm okay. I'm trusting the Lord. Well, the flood waters rose, the man drowned and died. He stood before the Lord and said, Lord, how come you didn't save me? I was trusting you. He said, well, I sent a boat and a helicopter. What more did you want? You see, trusting the Lord is not always what we anticipate it to be. Having faith in God is not some mystical, magical thing that we can never really attain. And so we're always just trying to have more faith. That's not what faith is. Faith is trusting in God and specifically in his word, what he has told us, the promises, the truth, the revealing of his character and who he is, saying, God, I trust your word and what you've said. But just like a faith that starts, we need a faith that grows. God has designed you and me to be a Christian, a person that, that starts our faith at the beginning point of salvation and continues that faith in a growing upward trajectory. God did not design you and me to, to come to the knowledge of Christ, to, to start our faith in trusting him for salvation, and then become a plateau of faith, a mediocre Christian. God designed us to take that start of faith, that first step, and grow into becoming like Jesus Christ. Do you know that's why, you, why uh, God is working your life right now? Through a process called sanctification to mold you, to shape you, to pull away, to, to pick apart and make you into the person of Jesus Christ. That is God's plan for your life. And we do that with a growing faith. In this passage that we just read, Jesus here is going to help take Peter in this very first interaction from a point of, of trusting God in a small step. And we're going to see him trust God for a huge promise, a growing faith. You see, when Jesus comes to Peter on this, on this lake of Gennesaret for the very first time, this is the first interaction that Peter is ever going to have with Jesus. The first time he's ever going to see Jesus, the first time he's going to speak to him. And as he does, Peter is going to learn very quickly about what it means that God wants you to grow. He's not just going to interact with Peter and say, hey, Peter, trust me. Okay, now we're good. You can kind of go on your own. No, he's going to take Peter and ask for one little step and ask for another step and ask for another step. And he's going to develop a growing faith just in this very first interaction with Peter. It's an amazing concept. It's amazing. Can I tell you this, that we are never, ever in a place where we're done growing. 
especially in our faith. We're never in a place where God says, okay, you've kind of, you've come along to the point to where you, you're coming to church, you're, you're tithing, you're giving, you're, you're even in a connection group, and so I'm just going to kind of take my hands off and say, go ahead and coast on by because you kind of got it now. That's never going to happen. God will always use his word and messages like this and in time of devotion and time of prayer and speak to you and say, hey, listen, I gave you instruction. I gave you promise in my word, and I am still molding you. No matter if you've been saved for one week, two years, 50 years, doesn't matter if you're uh, a pastor, it doesn't matter any of those things. What matters is that God wants you to grow your faith. We'll never be in a spot where we say, okay, I can think I can coast now. I think we know that. I think we know that already. But it's good for us to have reminders in this, in this fashion. God is always trying to go our faith. So I guess the question I would ask for you, to you today is this. What is the next step that God wants to grow your faith in? If you're not careful, you can settle in unconsciously, settle into this I'm okay state. Now, you would never say that out loud, would you? You'd never say, ah, I'm kind of, I'm upset, I don't need to grow. We wouldn't say that, but in our mind, in our actions, in, our, in, the, in the way that we surrender our heart in a message, we would say, you know what, I'm okay. But God is saying, no, I want the next step for you. So what is the next step that God is impressing on your heart now? What is the next step for your growing faith? I want us to think about that as we, as we dive into this passage a little bit. So here's what we're going to look at today. We have three provoking questions that can help us to grow our faith. Three provoking questions. We're going to look at this interaction with Peter and Jesus and see how we can grow our faith. If you look with me in the first couple of verses, the first thing that I want to look at, the first question I want to ask is this, are you willing to trust God in what he asks? Are you willing to trust God he asks. Let's look at these first couple of verses again. Verse number one, it says, So it was as the multitude pressed about him, that's Jesus, to hear the word of God. So Jesus is here preaching to a multitude of people. It says that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Okay, so paint this picture in your mind. Jesus is speaking to a crowd, but it's kind of overwhelming. It's kind of pushing him back a little bit uh, near the lake of Gennesaret. And so he looks around and finds two boats. Hey, this is my opportunity. I can hop in these boats, push back a little bit, and speak to the crowd. Not only for room's sake, but also because when you're on water, your voice projects so much more. So there was multiple reasons for Jesus needing to be in these boats. But he doesn't just hop in a boat and say, I'm God. I can just take it. No, you know what he does? He is going to use this opportunity to touch Peter. So as Peter is gone, washing his nets, Peter comes back, verse 3. Then he got in one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put, a little out, or put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Now, we just read the rest of the story. We know where Peter has been all night. He is a fisherman. It's his occupation. That's how he makes his living. And Peter was out all night laboring and fishing. And what did Peter catch? A whole lot of nothing. Can you, know, you know how discouraging that is? I am not a fisherman. I'm not. I would like to go out with somebody sometime, but I'm not a fisherman. But I know what it's like to go plan a day, 
go out to the lake, fish. I've done it. Fish all day and not catch a single thing. You know what it's like? Yeah, a lot of you do. A lot of you do. But can you imagine if that was your income? If that was your living? If that's what you did? If that was your profession and you failed? There's, there's a little bit of a, a failure. And Peter now has gone all night, no fish, washing his nets, getting ready probably to go home, sleep, eat. He's done. And Jesus says, hey, why don't you just come out and just sit for a little while in this boat and hear this message. Here's what Peter, here's what Peter does. He obeys in this small step. Can I encourage you? God is going to ask you to grow your faith, but it's not going to be an immense ask at first. It's going to be small steps. You know, that's how God grows us in small steps. It's one thing here and one thing there and one thing there. God does not expect you to be a perfect, Christ-like, perfect image Christian after one day. That's not how it works. God molds and shapes and makes us. And as we take one step, we say, okay, yes, Lord. We take another step, okay, yes, Lord. We take another step, okay, yes, Lord. And as we look back, we say, wow, look how far I've come because of these small steps. Jesus asked Peter a small step. Peter, will you, although you're tired and discouraged and frustrated, will you just launch me out a little bit and so I can speak to these people? What area of your life right now are you tired, frustrated, discouraged in? And God is saying, will you just trust me for this little thing? Will you just trust me a little bit more? You see, Peter probably wasn't realizing the aspect of what was going on, but God was using Peter even in this small ask. God was speaking, preaching to a multitude of people, his word. But who was he using? Peter. Whose resources was he using? Peter's. Peter's boat. Peter was out there with him, sat through the whole message. Are you willing to trust God in what he asks? No matter how big, Really, listen, no matter how small. God used Peter for something bigger, but he used him to grow his faith in this little aspect. It's an amazing, amazing thing to look at. When he obeyed in this small thing, God was going to capture a bigger picture. Peter, you may just see it as, as me using your boat, but I see it as me speaking to souls, and I'm using you. You know, God is wanting to do something here in River City, here in your family, here in, your, in this church. You know what he does? He doesn't just, he doesn't just uh, pop down a miracle or strike down some lightning and say, okay, now everything's fixed and done. God uses people to do his work. Do you realize that? When you are going to be used of God, God is going to do something. When God wants to work here, he uses people. He uses you, your testimony, your witness, your prayer, your service, your time, your resources. He uses people to do his work. Please, please don't miss that. So are you willing, are you willing to trust God in what he asks? Number two, are you willing to trust God in what he promises? Are you willing to trust God in what he promises? Look at verse number four with me. He says, when he had stopped speaking, that's Jesus and his message to the multitude, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night 
and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. Do you catch this, this conversation as it happens? Jesus is speaking to the multitudes, and as he's finished, he turns to Peter. Peter's probably thinking, okay, he's wrapping it up. He's going to pray, and I'm going to be dumb. I'm going to get to go out, hit Golden Corral, and everything will be fine. And he stops, and he turns to Peter. He says, now, my attention has gone to the crowd. I've used you, but now, Peter, I want to address you. God is an individual addresser. God wants to speak to you. Yes, to the church. Yes, to your family. Yes, to your connection group. But God wants to speak to you because God is molding you. Husband, mother, teen, you. God is an individual God, and he looks at Peter, he addresses the crowd, and now he says, Peter, now I want to focus on you. Peter, will you trust me what I promised? Well, what's the promise, Lord? Well, we're going to go back out. Well, I had just washed my nets. They're all, they're all ready for the next day. I just got done working. I'm supposed to be home right now. Will you go out? Well, what, what's going to happen if I go out? Well, if you go out, Peter, if you trust me in what I promise, I promise you that you will have a catch. I mean, you can see Peter's rebuttal here. Well, I mean, you, you may be a rabbi. You may be a great speaker. I just heard you speak. But are you a fisherman? Because I am. And I've been out there, and I've been toiling, and I've been in and out, and I've been to the secret spots. I know when they're, they're biting. I know when, where they're at, the schools, and I know what to do, and I know how to do it, and I did it, and it didn't work. So what makes you think we'll have a catch? Listen, you and I can have this same mentality. God, I have this problem in my life. And I've been trying to fix it. I've been, I've been giving it effort. I've been giving it time. I've been addressing it. I've been talking about it. I've been asking for help. And I've been trying to do these things. And God, I, I know I have this problem. And I've been trying to do it on my own. And I've actually gotten pretty good at trying to solve my own problems. So what makes you think that you can? Peter's in the same boat here. Listen, if we're not careful, we can, we can look at Jesus and say... Here's my excuse of why I don't want to do what you want. Peter's was, I just tried it. Will you trust God for what he promises? Well, in this case, Jesus promises a catch. So, Simon gives his rebuttal. I want you to see what he says. He says, but Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, praise the Lord for that. Nevertheless. At your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. Listen, friend, it does not matter if you can see the outcome. It does not matter if you can calculate the result. It does not matter if you can figure the end, because God is greater God is much more able to solve your problem and to have a better outcome. 
You may say, you know, just like Peter, you know, I've, I've done it and the result was nothing. And I don't see how going out again, at this time, the fish aren't even out. At this time, you know, this is not normally when we go fishing. I don't see how we could ever catch any fish. But God says, I promise you, if you go, I will deliver. And you may be thinking to yourself right now, I don't see how this could work out. I don't see how the finances could come in. I don't ever see how this relationship could be restored. I don't ever see how this person will ever trust Christ. I don't see how this, this, uh, this time could ever be made up. I don't see how I could ever get this back in order in my life. I don't see how I could shore up these things that are, that are lacking. I don't see how I could change my character. I don't see how this could ever happen. I've tried it. And God says, it doesn't matter what you think the outcome will be. Will you trust me for what I can promise? Listen, Christian, don't ever forget that we base our faith in what God says. In God's word, that's why it's vital for you and for me to be in God's word and say, God, God, what are you promising? God, what do you expect? God, what is your character? God, what do you say will happen if I obey? God, what do you promise me? Those are the things that you and I latch on to. And when life gets hard and difficult, we go back to those things and say, God, but you promised. Listen, if Peter goes out and fishes and gets nothing, Peter then can say, God, you promised. It's just like you and me as we live our, Christ, our Christian life. Every time we take the steps that I was talking about, we take the first step and, and God says, hey, will you trust me for this? And we say, yes, Lord, I will. That's not easy, but it's kind of a small thing. That's okay. Okay, how about this next thing? Will you trust me for this next step? Yes, Lord, I will. And the next step, yeah, yeah, that's a little bit bigger. How about this? <laughs> okay, I guess. And then God is going to come to you one day and says, hey, although you've caught nothing, will you go out and catch fish? I promise. And you're going to look at God and say, God, I don't know. I don't see, I don't see the results coming in. I don't see how that's going to work out. But all of a sudden, you take a step of faith, and you turn around, and you look, and say, God, you have been faithful in the small step, and that step, and that step, and that step. I have no reason to think that you would do any different this time. I have no reason to think that you won't come through, because you've been faithful, 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 faithful. And that is a growing faith. When we say, God, I can trust you in what you promise, because you've been faithful. You say, you know what, I don't have that history of faith and trust and promises and being answered. Well, guess what? We have God's word. And God's word has proven himself faithful through people, through time, through history. He says, I will come through, and he does. I promise you, and it's fulfilled. I will, and every time God shows up unequivocally answering his promises every single time. Will you trust God for what he promises? The African impala can jump to a height of over 10 feet tall and cover a distance greater than 30 feet. Yet, these magnificent beasts can be kept in an enclosure at any zoo with a three-foot wall. You see, the animal will not jump if they cannot see where their feet will land. This animal, with an ability to jump high and long, could easily escape. But because they can't see the other side, they're kept in an enclosure three feet tall. You say, what's, what's the point of that? 
Well, an Impala won't jump if he can't see where his feet are going to land. But Christian, you and I can take a jump. You and I can take a leap of faith and say, you know what? Although I don't see, although I, I doesn't calculate right, although the results don't seem like they're going to happen, I can trust God. Don't be an Impala. Listen, we have a potential to trust God. We have potential to grow. We have potential to advance further than we think because God says, it's not about you. It's not about your ability. It's not about your, your, uh, your, your drive, your resolve. And I'm just going to keep at it. And I'm just going to keep pushing this thing in my life until it works out. It's not about that. It's about trusting him and saying, although I can't see it, I'm going to trust anyways. Number one, will you trust God in what he asks? Number two, will you trust God in what he promises? But look lastly here, will you trust God and where he leads. Look at verse number 8 now with me. Verse number 8 says, When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Listen, this is amazing. When Peter saw God come through on his promises. What it did for him, it'll do the same thing for you. It will put God in his correct perspective of, oh no, hey, <laughs> as best as I could, and I couldn't reach that goal. But I trust God, and he comes through. He is much greater than I am. And as soon as those fish came in, it started breaking the net. They called the other people to come in, and Peter looked and said, Look at these fish in this boat. Look at the fish in that boat. We just caught all this when we didn't catch a single thing. It's it. It wasn't me. It was him. And he looks and he turns to God and he drops down at his knees and he says, wait, you are worthy and I'm sinful. What, what position have you put yourself in? And what position have you put God in? I tell you what, when he starts coming through and and fulfilling his promises, and your faith starts to grow, it will put him in his rightful place. You know what it will do? Put us in our rightful place. God, you're worthy, and I, I'm a sinner. God, there's, there's no point in trusting me. God, there's no fruit in trusting what I can do. God, there's no point in having faith in my ability. God, you are everything. You're worthy, you're holy, and I'm going to trust you. And it doesn't really matter what my goals are. It doesn't really matter what my, my uh, aspirations are. I'm going to trust you in what you say. It's an amazing, amazing concept that you have to realize that when God shows up, he puts himself in his rightful place, and we need to put ourselves in our rightful place. But that's not all. That's not all. Verse number 9 says, uh, for, all the, uh, for uh, verse number 10, it says, in verse number 10, and so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. He said, Peter, I've got more for you than just these fish. Peter, I can offer you more than just success at your job. Peter, there's more to life than just having it good. Peter, I can take you and I can give you purpose when all you were doing before was just coasting through life. 
He says, Peter, I have a job for you. Peter, what you're doing now is nothing compared to what I can do with you. Peter, I want you to catch men. And your faith as it grows is going to put you in a place where you are going to do something great than just be a fisherman the rest of your days. Listen, I can tell you that being a, a spirit-filled Christian, no matter where you are in life, no matter what you're doing, no matter your job, a spirit-filled Christian that has grown in faith is much, much than being a mediocre Christian. And God says, Peter, I can take you, I can make you something better. I have more for you. Can I just pause for a minute? I want to go back a couple verses, and I want you to see something. Because if we're not careful, we'll listen to a message like this, and we'll say, that's good. That's all right. You know, maybe I'll trust God for uh, maybe a little step here or there. But I want to take you back a couple verses. I want to take you to verse number four. I want you to look at it. It says, when he had stopped speaking, this is Jesus, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your, look at the next word carefully, nets. That's plural. Peter, I want you to let down your nets. Let's go a couple more verses. Verse number six, or verse number five. It says, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. God planned for Peter to have so much more. Peter, I, I anticipate a catch that is far bigger than you could even contain. Far bigger than you would even have help bringing in with another boat. Far bigger than that. He says, I'll technically obey, but I'm only letting down one net. I've washed all the other ones, so I'm going to let one down. Christian, how, how much are you going to resist God and say, technically I'm obeying, but I'm only going to give you this much. Technically I'm doing what you said, but I'm only going to jump, jump in with one foot. Listen, listen, I, as I encourage you at the beginning of the message, jump in with both feet. God wants all of you. Wonderful, wonderful saying that I've heard throughout the ages is that, is that God, when he died, he paid everything for your sins. Everything. The question is, did he get everything he paid for? God wants all of you. Don't be a Peter where he says, you know what, I'm going to let down one net, but technically I obey. As Peter did, Jesus looks at him and understands. He says, Peter, okay, but now I want you to become a fisher of men. I have more planned for your life. I have more for you, and I want you to jump in. Can you trust me? Can you, can you trust me? Where I'm going to lead. Because Peter, I'm leading you away from here. I'm leading you away from fishing. I'm leading you away from boats. I'm leading you away from all of this that you're used to. All of this that you're comfortable in. All of this that is your comfort zone. I'm taking you and we're going. Can you trust me? Small steps. God shows himself faithful. Peter now can look at God and say, I have no reason not to. I have no reason that tells me that I can't trust you. And listen, as you trust God and you see God come through, you're going to say the same thing. There's no reason I can't trust you for this. Although it's big, I can trust you. Will you trust me in what I ask? I want you to see something here. In verse number um, 9, 
Verse number 9, it says, For he and all who were with him, astonished at the fish, catch of fish which they had taken, and also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. I want you to see this, that Peter's faith, when he trusted God and God came through, God was able to work because he uses people. God was able to work because somebody trusted him. He did an incredible feat. And not just Peter saw, but listen, those around him saw. The people in his boat, the people in the other boat that had to come help him. Can you imagine all that was, the, the talk that was going on? Who is this? What happened? What, Peter, uh, you said you didn't catch anything, and now all of a sudden, what, what's going on? Peter, James, and John all witnessed this because Peter said, I'll let down the net. I'll trust you. Who around you is going to be influenced because of your faith? Your children, your grandchildren, your parents. Who is going to be influenced because of your faith? I want to take you real quick over to another passage. Because James and John were not just there. They didn't just witness this. I want you to see what happened because of Peter's faith. If you go to uh, Matthew, I'm sorry. Yeah, Matthew chapter number 4. Matthew chapter number 4. I'll read it out loud. It says this in verse number 18. Matthew 4, 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting their net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. All right, here's another uh, perspective of the same story that we just read. To condense a little bit. But Peter and Andrew follow the Lord after this entire incident. It's amazing. So Peter and Andrew follow the Lord. Look at what else happens. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers named James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Not only did Peter and Andrew follow after the Lord because of Peter's faith, displayed, but now two more people, two more disciples are going to follow after Christ, James and John. You say, that's amazing. No, it's more amazing than that. You see, James and John had a father named Zebedee. Zebedee was a wealthy man. There's multiple accounts of this story in the Bible. If you go through and read some of the accounts, you'll notice that Zebedee was a man that we can safely assume had a large business. He had a business where he would hire people to go out and fish, and, and he had a big name. It's, it's said that um, if you go into Israel today, that there is a, still a rock with the name Zebedee. He was a, a, a very large fee, uh, a person in the community. Zebedee had a large company that probably had wealth, probably had security. He definitely had employees. And he is in the boat with his two sons, James and John, and they're fishing. And when James and John see what happens because Jesus came through, Peter trusted God, God came through and provided an amazing miracle. They say, wow, who is this? And they leave. Listen, they don't just leave to follow Christ. They leave their father. They leave their income. They leave the business. They leave the family name. All that's included in that, the security, the wealth. And they say, you know what? That is amazing. But look at what just happened. That man said God and God did something great. And I want that 
for my life? Who around you is looking at you saying, look at their faith? Who is looking at you saying, wow, look at how they trusted God? I tell you this, we have an influence on people that you will never know. And your faith, your growing faith, will reach farther than you could ever imagine. A growing faith. I think about the story that's told of a, a group of tourists who are visiting a picturesque village. And as they walked through, there was an old man sitting beside a fence in a rather patronizing way. One of the tourists turned to him and said, were any great men born in this village? Looking around, kind of sarcastically, looking at the, the poverty of the village. Were any great men born here? And he looks back at the man, and he says, nope, only babies. <laughs> only babies. Can I tell you what? That's where all of us start. With this thing of a growing faith, we all start at some point. And every one of us have the opportunity to grow into something amazing. But it takes us trusting God, trusting what he asks, trusting what he promises, and trusting where he leads. You may be sitting here today thinking, you know what, I've never started that journey. I've never been, I've never, I've never taken that first step of faith. Well, if you're a Christian here today, you've taken that first step. And maybe you're not. You say, I want to take that first step. I tell you, it's as easy as can be. God says, I, in his word, we can trust it. I set my son to die for your sins. Because your sins would keep you out of heaven and away from me for all of eternity. Your sins would send you to a place called hell that is without God. He says, but I don't want that. So in love, I sent my son to die on the cross to pay for your sins. And if you will accept that gift of salvation, if you ask me to forgive you of your sins and to wash you and to be your God, I will. I promise you. That's the first step. And if you've not done that today, you can start on your growing faith today. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. We're going to have a time here, but I'm going to ask a couple questions. The pianist is going to come. And I want you to think, God, what area are you growing me in? God, what's the next step that you have for me? I know I'm supposed to grow, so please speak to me. With heads bowed and eyes closed, Lord, we do thank you so much that you've given us your word. Now today, if you've spoken, I pray that we would respond. I pray that we would trust. God, we're ready and waiting for you to do something. Take us further than we could ever take ourselves. God, please use us. With heads bowed and eyes closed, the altar up here is open. If you want to come and say, God, you know what? I'm ready for the next step. I don't know what it is. Or maybe you do. And you've been resisting, saying, God, I'm going to let down one net. Maybe it's time for you to jump in with both feet. Either way, God wants to grow you. You're not done growing yet. Why don't you take a minute and speak to God as he's spoken to you. If you're someone here today that says, you know what, I don't think I've taken that first step. I don't know that I've trusted Christ. I don't know what, what the first step is. I can help you with that. 
the first step is saying, you know what? I am a sinner, and I need to trust God to forgive me of my sins. You can do that today. You can do that today. Heads bowed and eyes closed. The altar is open. Take all the time you need.